And we're back. Part two, RPs. Time to go to the AL. It's time for dingers. This is dingers. Way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go. Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Josh James that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. It's Tyler Childs. Do it again by Robbie Baseball from Good just evening. outside the outdoor fridge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're kicking back for a second episode of Relief Pitchers. So, you know, Rob, you and I've talked a little bit about this offseason about how the profile of relievers has changed in some of our leagues and the value shifting. And we mentioned in the last episode how we've talked about the value of the relief pitcher potentially being unknown in some scenarios based on a full season of the three batter minimum. So um, I think this is a place like before we get back into the AL side here, like I think this is a place where people need to spend a little bit more time doing their homework this season. Because I think it's going to define a lot more championships than it has in the past. Yeah, I, I, I like. Okay, that was a lot of stuttering off the top. <clears throat> and three, three, two, one. Oh yeah! And I agree with. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> okay, and three, two. None of this gets edited. One. <laughs> I agree with you there, Ty. There, there will still be stories to tell at the end of the 21 season that you and I were talking about before the 20 season with the three-man, sorry, three-batter minimum affecting teams in a negative way and relief pitchers carving out roles because you can no longer be a specialist unless your team is willing to have you intentionally walk a guy, which did happen a little bit last year. But we could mm-hmm. see the trends lasting much longer. We also had a lot of issues with teams and COVID and seven inning double headers and all sorts of crap that eliminated those things we had talked about in the off season, which really only delays the inevitable. And because we're dynasty owners, we are not living and dying by the start or by the relief appearance. We are waiting it out. So there are some guys who we bought into a year ago that we still think could do good things. However, the landscape has changed since then. And we now have to reset the table. So that's what we're going to do tonight in part two of the relief episode. We are going through the AL. We saw some, some wonky things last year. We saw piggyback starts, bullpen games. Uh, you name it. We saw the Rays pulling starters, you know, at 70 some pitches, right? We saw it all last year. Robo management was one of the terms that we heard described in our neck of the woods for the Jays where it's just you've hit a number and you're toast. It's not a it's not a batter count. It's not how you're looking, how you're feeling. It's just this is it. Statistics are going to rule the day here, and you're out. So we'll see who can who can rise above and who falls back. But Ty, I will leave it to you to pick. Do we go east, west, or central to start this one off? Um, I think we go a different direction. A long time ago someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles 
In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. Oh, did you just take out a sword? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that was good. So I don't need well, like, I don't need to say what I'm drinking. Everybody already knows. So it's water the dark. I said it. Yeah. I didn't even yeah. do it in the last episode because you knew. Yeah, they just know. Right. And if you're new to the show, um, Rob. Is Hi, my name's really... Robbie Baseball, and I drink Waterloo Dark. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I drink a lot of the same beer for a long period of time. For several months <laughs> on end. And I'm just checking here, Ty. So I've got three 12-packs that are empty. Um, there are three more, I'm pretty sure, in the garage. So I thought I was getting low before, and then I remembered that I had put a bunch in the garage. So... We're getting there. We are, <laughs> we are getting, but the good thing is that I'm, I'm not an alcoholic. So that's nice. Um, because I was joking that I was going to take this stuff down before Christmas and we're now, you know, mid February here. So, um, anyway, enough about I feel me. Like, what, I feel what like you it's a victory for us. I I'm still in the Basil Hayden. I, like I said, I, I have like eight bottles of this sitting around the house at this point, just because so all... Christmas got stockpiled, which is fantastic. I'm very happy about it, but, um, I like you, I'm not a, a big casual drinker like it's either podcasting for me or i have people around so i, I i've never understood the like hey it's 8 p.m and i'm watching tv i'm just gonna grab a pint or or a glass like if i'm having good chat good discussion about this or i have somebody over or we're going out yeah cool all, all it's good but i am not one to to sit down i would i would rather uh just crush a huge huge glass of water i'm a very sim- <laughs> simple man well, I know a listener um, on Twitter at Sam FBB one uh, is a Basil Hayden fan. Cause I saw a post of his the other day that said, uh, yeah, tonight's choice, Basil Hayden. So I'm just going back through his, uh, his thing here. He's very active amongst uh, discussions with some of that fantasy inner circle that we talk about um, not being included in because we are too busy being in the fantasy winner circle, which we hope you will join us in which means you are listening to us here, obviously, and you are following us on Twitter at Dinger's Pod, or you're following Ty at Turney Boss, or myself at Robbie Baseball one And you can also check out my work at RobbieBaseball.com, which is live and active, and I'm making it better, and forgive me for the graphics. But um, we are here to talk bullpen. Ty, East, Central, West, where are we starting tonight in the AL? Let's go right in the middle because it's interesting. So let's start there. I like it. Okay. So first off for us, Kansas city Royals, we got four legitimate options for fantasy. We've got the Greg Holland versus Josh Stamont debacle. Um, It's Greg Holland. If anybody didn't know and Ty, if you disagree, you're wrong. My friend, Kyle Zimmer was a darling of mine last year and could very well be a darling again, 29 year old, former top, 10 pick or something like that. Yeah, I think um, he's fourth overall, I believe. Is that high? Yeah. So like highly, highly touted, but injuries and life got in the way. And Kyle Zimmer is still going to be an MLB 
player, which is terrific. And then we've got Wade Davis looking to resurrect his career, much like Greg Holland and Trevor Rosenthal did last year. Back together. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Getting that four 15 world series team right back together. Um, And, and yeah, it would be nice if Greg Hall or sorry, if, if Greg, yeah, if Greg Holland was able to help Wade Davis so that Wade Davis doesn't end his career, having been this terrible closer with the Rockies. So I'm hoping for Wade Davis, but I'm not going to own Wade Davis. I'm hoping for Kyle Zimmer. I think I have one share of him. And in that big money league of ours, Ty, um, Kyle Zimmer was taken from me on the the rule five draft. Cause that's how involved that league is, is some knuckle took him second overall in the rule five draft. And I was thinking, why, why did you do that? And then I ended up picking up like Francisco Lariano and a whole bunch of scrubs uh, that I'm hoping can make up for what Kyle Zimmer would most definitely have got me in production. So anyway, uh, do you disagree or agree on the Holland Stamont? Are you seeing Holland? That's the no, guy? I'm actually in the Stamont category. I love it. That's I, why I, we do the podcast. I like Holland. <laughs> I, I'm a Holland guy. I've owned him and, and traded him several times. Um, I, I like him, but I, I think he's just in the, the, the twilight. Like he's a guy that definitely has value. He's he's going to be in the late innings. I'm just I'm not ready to make him the closer. I don't think he is the closer. I actually think it's going to be a battle between St- Stamont and Wade Davis, not Holland and no, Stamont. really? Okay. Yep. Well, we're going to follow that. So by the time this comes out, spring training we, stats, we need to see yeah, some spring training. I was stats. just going to say we will have to update this with those spring training stats. Uh and as we mentioned on the previous episode, they are uh, condensing the schedule down. So we might see more innings from some of these guys, especially the RPs that need to prove it. It'll still be one inning, but it'll be more often that they will pitch in game instead of just do their work. So uh, that's an interesting one that you think Holland is out and that it's Stamon Davis. My God, people. Um, yeah, I, I just think Holland is, is at that point in his career where he has the fastest fall from grace of this group. So I, I just don't know that I, I think he's going to w- own that job all season. I just, I don't see that. All right. Well, we'll find out. So we moved to Detroit and my gosh, this is, this is exciting, but in the opposite way that people want it to be. So Brian Garcia is the closer. Brian Garcia has good stuff. Um, Brian Garcia is on a team that has signed a whole bunch of veterans. I think, I think five of their nine are, uh, five of their nine estimated starters have been signed this off season to come in on one, one or two year deals. But Brian Garcia is not going to get a lot of opportunity to be getting you saves. So the, the value in Detroit is in Buck Farmer, Daniel Norris and Tyler Alexander, the world found out about Tyler Alexander last year. Cause he had what, like four innings, 10 Ks, like nine straight strikeouts or 10. It was 10 straight strikeouts, I think. Um, and Daniel Norris, came in after uh, Michael Fulmer blew up every start. Daniel Norris came in and stabilized and gave the Tigers a chance to win those games. And they did win a few of them. And Daniel Norris's line last year, although not brilliant, was fine. And in points leagues, I bet he carved out a pretty good top 50, top 70 RP finish. Um, and I think he could do it again because it looks like this is the right spot for Daniel Norris. Give him 50 pitches out of your bullpen versus a hundred as your starter. And you're going to get a better, better performance from Norris. So I like farmer as just a dude. I've liked farmer since 17 as just a dude to, you know, hope on in dynasty. 
Um, he's, he's steady Eddie. Daniel Norris looks like he's good. Tyler Alexander, I'm going to say more of a crapshoot, but again, a, a lefty who had a, a decent K count, but that was because of one game last year. So I don't know, Ty, am I missing anybody? They didn't look like they'd signed anybody that they had guys. That Joe Jimenez is still a guy that could be a guy. Yeah, you're still in on Jimenez? Okay. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not ready to give up on him. Last season, just not a season that I'm willing to give up on guys. Like, unless they just suck at pitching. Jimenez is not a guy that sucks at pitching. So um, I, the arm talent is is there to some extent. So I'll pay attention. Ronnie Garcia is another guy who was a Rule 5 pick. Um, previous season, first, first overall. Uh, yep. rule five. So that's another guy who, you know, clear of the rule five um, rules could be interesting. So <laughs> the rule five guy who's out of the rules of the rule five, yeah. I think he's going to go back to triple a or double a and start. That's what I'm thinking, which is entirely possible. But in this crazy ramp up of a season, you, you might see, see yeah. yeah. Like just as a guy that, you know, before he comes back around, you might want to get a hold of in your dynasty format. Um, but yeah, again, like there's nothing overly exciting. I'm, I'm not in on Brian Garcia. I'll be honest. Oh, I just, okay. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't love him long-term. I, I think it's, it's a job he's destined to lose. Right. Is, is kind of the way I view him. So odds are the value right now is going to go too high. I don't mind him maybe this time next year as a guy that has, been forgotten as a guy that was the guy at one point so i don't know how many more times i can fit guy into that sentence but you know a guy <laughs> a guy you done talking about tigers there guy yeah, gee. <laughs> um so so definitely i'm just not excited about this bullpen i mean frankly this is going to be mop-up city with a young rotation so you know there's lots to be fearful of just wear and tear you know that's never good for a bullpen ever yeah, no, I'm with you there, Ty. I'm I'm just checking here. We've had uh, Guillermo Salvish. I I I don't know. I don't know the words to say. Um, but when we go through this episode, we had put out on on Twitter, who did you want us to discuss? And in the previous one, you know, Yancey had said to us Jake McGee versus uh, Reyes uh, in San Francisco, and we had a few here that were more uh, AL central but some guys we're going to talk about with the texas part i just wanted to make sure we mentioned it now uh with jonathan hernandez in texas we had ryan presley in houston taylor rogers uh where is that rogers minnesota rodg yeah and then devin williams with milwaukee so we will cover that as we go through here and i did want to say thank you and thank you to everybody who does chime in uh when we are talking on twitter we do appreciate that back and forth with you it's always good to have a a proper conversation agree to disagree like Ty, and Gero, Ty and please please tell us how to say your last name because that is yeah. a very difficult one to pronounce so we want to make sure we get you a proper shout out um yeah. and and not step all over it like robbie just did <laughs> i don't know but what you mean to be I fair i would have done that. the exact same thing so <laughs> i'm glad that it was you and not me but uh we, we do want to get it right so please let us know because we we do exchange a lot with with camera so i i would like to make sure we get that right yeah, and when we first started the podcast, um, Ty was the one who screwed all the names up, and now it's it is me by a mile, and I hate been branded. it. Been branded, I hate it. So anyway, <laughs> let's move to. I'm just making sure I'm not going to screw up any of the names that we're talking about next. Let's move to Cleveland, where they only have three relief pitchers because they traded the rest. It's but I'm pronounced sh- Cleveland. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> it's the Cleveland baseball team. So I will screw up. 
Karnacek. So James Karnacek will be the closer this year. That was really uh, good. Thank you. Emmanuel Kloss, who is coming back from his suspension, uh, may establish himself with holds. But let's not uh, let's not think he's going to be even next in line for saves. Uh, Nick Whitgren will be next man up, and the rest of that Cleveland bullpen is so undecided that I just figured we will leave it now and we will talk about it when we talk about Cleveland. Um, what do you think, Ty? Like it's really straightforward to me, right? They've got they've got a good rotation, and the back end of the bullpen is set. There's a lot to still be decided through camp. Yeah, I'm going to throw a really interesting one at you um, for a back-end guy on the right side uh, is Tristan McKenzie. Everyone likes him in the in the rotation. Hmm. I actually think he's going to be a, a bullpen guy this season. I think they're going to build him up in the pen. Um, they've got more than enough depth between Quantrill and Pluko. Um, you know, Logan Allen's there. There's enough. What depth. Logan Allen, Ty? They've know, now right? got two. <laughs> Logan the, the Allen one, close to MLB or Logan Allen just drafted? Yeah, the the obvious one, um, the one that's further away. Um, <laughs> just, so. He's coming out of nowhere. <laughs> no, but but I think there's enough there. You got Sam Hankies as well, who's kind of around the corner. So like I, I think, given the upside that Tristan McKenzie has, I I don't think they're gonna burn him by throwing him to the wolves to start the season. So. I, I think you're going to see one of two things. He's in AAA or he's in the bullpen. And so I, I actually like him as a sneaky good bullpen piece. I think it's what he needs because really what the, the I don't think the kid needs innings. Like I think he's got stuff. I think he has the things to be a starter. I think he's a wear and tear scare for me. So the best way to handle those guys get real tough innings against really good pitch or hitters and do that out of the bullpen and then stretch out next season when you've bulked up a little you have the ability to to get there and give them a 70, 75 inning season spot start if necessary. And, and let's go. Okay. Well, on to the twins. Let's go. We've got Alex Colome, which is how you pronounce it. We have heard others trip over that one. Not me, not <laughs> me, Taylor Rogers, who I did mention. So, so um, Gil- Gilmo, is that who it was? Yeah. Yeah. You spelt Rogers wrong, you silly goose. So the lefty, he'll be the setup man because Colome is just, he's the get out guy. He's the closer. That's what he does. Uh, Jorge Alcala, 25-year-old righty. We touched on him. I don't know if it was rule five. I don't know when no. it was, but we, we talked about him before. No, Jorge Alcala is one of my guys. So I actually well, think he's the closer. On the On the podcast, Ty, it's okay to say we if it's your guy or my guy. As long as he has been discussed i can say we and then and then you don't need to crap on and be like excuse me that was my guy okay jerk god uh and <laughs> and then well, a long man option is randy dobnik so ty go ahead take it tell me why i'm wrong on column a rogers alcala please once i'm scared now <laughs> i've had my hand slapped I just, um, well you just you sold me out instead of it being a group effort you said no 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 individual so that's fine we'll find a guy on here that's mine oh actually we're gonna find one with the next team i know i was setting you up to brag by bragging so you could say my guy's better than your guy and you you just did nothing with it so jorge Alcala is a guy that i have 
all the shares in all the leagues that Rob's in. And so he doesn't have any shares, just to clarify. So I've never um, heard of him. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so this is a guy that has all the arm talent in the world and, and kind of falls into that Tanner, Tanner Rainey column of people are forgetting about how dominant his arm talent actually is because he had some minor uh, location issues. But the numbers were strong as an indicator last season for what could be this season. I, I think he's the best right-handed arm they have. 24 innings last year, 2.63 ERA. Uh, I'm excited. The whip was one to one very reasonable. Uh, strikeout rate's good. I think he's only going to get better. Uh, this is a closer arm. Like, there, there's just, there is no doubt about that. It's just a matter of whether he can kind of keep it under control. So that's the guy in this bullpen for me. Like, the guy. Okay. Um, not Colin B, not Rogers, um, but Alcala. That's the guy for me. That that could be confusing with the column A Alcala. Uh, I hope their announcer is not a drinker. So, <clears throat> all right, let's go to the White Sox now. We've got Liam Hendricks, who is closing for for years. There, we've got Aaron Bummer, who everybody in the fantasy industry and in redraft just thinks it's like next man up, next man up. Let's put it to bed. I don't like Aaron Bummer. I think it's time to like get Aaron bummer out of the conversation. Okay. He's a guy. He's not a good one. He's a guy. Cody Hewer, who came out of nowhere last year, Matt Foster, who came out of nowhere last year. I owned them in several dynasty leagues by picking them up off waivers. And then they went back into the draft pool. If you listen to the first episode, you'll find out just how early they went in some minor league drafts in a points league draft, specifically a 30 team draft inside the top 60 for both of them. That means second round picks. So if you think about trading um, your draft picks and getting assets back and things like that, uh, we talked about it with Nick Richards from baseball HQ. When you trade prospects for veterans, you are getting out of the veteran exactly what you were hoping for in the prospect. That's a smart move. So if you are still yet to draft in your dynasty league and you're listening to this and someone's knocking on the door looking for a, a you know top 80 pick, that could end up just being them drafting some guy like Hewer or Foster. So get yourself an MLB player and make that trade and go ahead and get that value right away. Because if people are taking the, the shots, the flyers on the Hewers and the Fosters who have no shot of closing in Chicago, you are doing yourself a, a big you know one up by getting yourself some MLB talent anyway uh Garrett Crochet may or may not end up in this bullpen this year if he does it's going to be you know goodbye Aaron Bummer and Garrett Crochet is coming in like a Josh Hader uh freight train and it's going to be scary and then Reynaldo Lopez who is Ty's guy I think Ty had him ranked in the top 10 for starters for this year he's going to be in the bullpen and he's going to be a 5-0 guy <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I'm not happy about this tie, but Reynaldo Lopez does not have a starting job with the White Sox and they're not going to trade him. It could be exactly like um, Sean Newcomb. And I hate it. I want Reynaldo Lopez to get traded to Pittsburgh. Like, I want him to start. Do you think he starts? Do you think he gets 12 starts this year? Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm not yeah. locked in that Dylan Cease is locked in, right? Like everybody just assumes Dylan Cease is going to be there and is going to win a job. I'm not there yet on Dylan Cease. Like, I think he will win a job at some point. I don't know that it's opening day, right? I'm not, I'm not as confident as other people have been on that one. Um, Reynaldo Lopez has had an off season to fix some things. Carlos Rodon's still kind of there. 
Garrett Crochet, kind of there. You know, Kopech, kind of there, right? Like, there's a lot of competition for these last two spots in that rotation. And, you know, to your point, like, Lopez is not locked in, but neither is Cease, right? Like, you, the top three are, that's it. Beyond yeah, that, so, those last... Sorry, Ty. It, it's Giolito, the top three that Ty's mentioning. Giolito, Keiko, Lancelin. Yeah. After that, like, it's, it's a four or five-man race for those last two spots. So... You know, there's a lot to be, you know, garnered here in spring training. And again, it's why those spring training stats are just so damn important. Um, <laughs> well, someone's going to get hurt in that group. In, yeah, in that it's going to be Rodon. Like, let's yeah, just call that's what I was just in, in that group, well, I should have, I meant to say in that group of four, but yes, in the group of four, one of them will get hurt. It will be Carlos Rodon. <laughs> so it's between Kopech coming back from injury, Cease and Lopez. So I don't disagree as far as Reynaldo Lopez being an MLB starter. I just fear for his consistency and the fact that he has an option left scares me, but the White Sox don't seem like a dick around kind of team. You know, like they don't, they don't, he's a veteran. The best you, thing you know, that could happen to Reynaldo is he goes down. Honestly, he needs a reset. So? Yeah. I, I think he needs a, a swift kick in the ass because he's had his chances and he's not done it. So, like, he needs to rethink what's happening. He did in an 18 career. down the stretch. I will say that. And in, in he and Kyle Freeland won me championships, two yep. of them, in 18. And I, I love Reynaldo hmm. as much as anybody. But the, the fastball command is a concern. It's a very big concern. And right. that you got to have it. You know, like, at some point when you've been given the runway that he's been giving – the innings he's been given, it's on him as as a professional to solve these problems, and he hasn't. So, I, I one of two things for me with Ronaldo, he needs to get traded, which would be good for him. To your point, uh, or he needs to be just said, "Hey, you're not good enough. Go fix it. If you if you get good enough, maybe we'll consider it." But until that happens, you know, I'm I'm out on Ronaldo. I told you this last season before we went yeah. into last season that I was out on Ronaldo. Um, I'm going to be out until he comes back, but you know what? He very quickly. And I mean, very, very, very quickly could find himself uh, in a different scenario. Hello. I think he is already team post hype. Cause no. I think he frustrated. I think, I think that fantasy inner circle has been frustrated by him and they've now cast him aside and in it, we should look when we do the team preview which we will be doing team by team we're going to break them all down and see where he is being drafted in redraft on nfbc which we use nfbc because we do the sunday night live stream in season to help everybody out with their waiver wire picks for the week but nfbc is the big money one and that's why i'm saying nfbc over fan tracks over cbs over espn over yahoo because nfbc is put your money where Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Nailed it. I almost sounded like the Welsh and screwed that one up. When I was on ITL, uh, which I hope you all have listened to, that I got to be on for a very brief guest spot, um, the Welsh duffed one so bad it made me feel good, Ty. It was just a very simple saying. I can't remember what it was at this moment, but he he tripped over it like four times and then fell into the pond. 
Um, and that's that's part of the magic of it. If you're gonna go down, go down in flames. I he, fully he nailed support it. That. Yeah, he totally nailed it. And before I got on, I had said to them, they sent me the link on my phone. I said, sorry, like, can you email me that so I can go on with my computer instead of using my phone and my headphones? And uh, I heard well say man he's such a diva (laughs) 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 i'm like i just want to i just want to have good audio so anyway um but that's enough of that let's move ty we're gonna go from the central let's move to the east and we can finish with the west because the west is up later anyway so uh with the east baltimore i feel like the names just haven't changed here hunter harvey tanner scott dylan tate no change like those those are the dudes uh, for some reason, we had them doubled up. <laughs> so the magic, there were the magic of copy and paste. Yeah, I was just saying there were six of them, and now there are down to three. But that's that's Baltimore. This will be uh, something to watch in spring training. This is kind of like last year with the Jays. Shun Yamaguchi, uh, Asian signed. Uh, Rafael Dolis came over from from Asia signed, uh, but we saw Dolis doing good things, being talked up in camp. And no one was saying anything about Sean Yamaguchi. The stats and, and the spring training stats were not looking good for him. And what happened? Not a good year. Dolis, they talked highly of what happened with Dolis. Good year. So we're going to have to find out what's going on in that Baltimore camp with the rest of that bullpen. But it looks like it's Harvey's job. Uh, Dylan Tate just like, you know, he's got the stuff. He just needs the opportunity. And Tanner Scott, the lefty, he could certainly be getting some things done. But it, it is Baltimore. They are not trying to win this year. And there is not a whole lot to say on that pen. Am I missing anything, Ty? Are we good to move? Talk about them later. The the one guy of note for me is Cole Sulcer is a guy that I that could be interesting okay. there. Like just just as a fringe guy, like not yeah, a guy yeah, yeah, that totally. you need to be buying up shares of anywhere. But um, he he's not the worst guy in the world to own. Um, veteran, been around the block. You know, we talked about this before. Like the 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 bullpen is a place where veterans can come out of nowhere with small tweaks right because you only have to have two pitches out of the pen so you just never know like that like that if there's a guy i want to own in in this scenario that is low value um it's going to be loather as a guy that it could start pen side loather value is that what you'd Lother, say? zach loather loather in the success of zach loather loather but but you're missing it loather value I don't get the joke. Please explain. Uh, his because all his I'm thinking of name. is Tommy Boy, low, 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 that's a good point that he could end up in a low, 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 prospect list right mlb.com um that's a an inside joke for anybody that was involved in a a dynasty group chat that i was in where uh who was it somebody from cbs fantasy said uh all these players have been traded this year and only one player off the mlb top 100 went and i'm like that is not an indication of player value that uh, that list is made for fans that is not made by mlb front offices it is not made by this anyway the one guy gary who like you know ty you've dealt with gary before in in that that league um he he's basically sold his farm to win in the shortened season and went undefeated and even beat me in our world series which pissed me right off but he seemed to believe that that i was out to lunch thinking that 
I I could not agree that that those and all those MLB trades were not good trades or sorry that they that that they were bad trades because only one player from the top 100 list was on. I said, well, the MLB top 100. Come on, Gary. Like that's not a that's not a list for um, MLB front offices. That's a list for MLB fans. And the fact that you're trying to say that is scaring me a little bit that you won our league and you beat me. But he didn't he didn't relent. So crazy, crazy times in fantasy people. Anyway, let's move on. Let's go to Tampa. Tampa is always frustrating, but is it a little clearer this year, Ty? Is it Pete Fairbanks, Nick Anderson, Diego Castillo? Is that is that it? That's seven, eight, nine in some order. And then I'm throwing in that Josh Fleming could get a hundred innings and ten wins out of the bullpen because of Tampa. I Am mean, I okay to say all that? Because that's I'm how put, I feel. If I'm putting it bluntly, the best way to describe this bullpen is who the fuck knows. And I and I and I use that term on purpose because. It literally is crazy to try to pin down what they're going to do. Like nobody knows, right? Like, you know, you've got guys like Yarbrough who are throwing ridiculous numbers at them in arbitration, which is just stupid. And somehow, um, you know, he, he's locked in at their number two on, on the notorious MLB website. Um, But like (laughs) potential starters are lengthy, right? You've got Glasnow, Yarbrough, Archer, Waka, Fleming, McKay, McClellan. Patino and Honeywell. Rich Hill. Don't call Rich me Hill. strong elbow junior. Hey, you uh, leave you leave Honeywell Jr. alone. All right. He's gonna get himself 10 starts this year. You watch. Yeah, absolutely. But then you've got guys out of the pen, like you mentioned. Pete Fairbanks for me is the back end guy. Like I think he's the guy. Uh they showed it in the World Series that he was the guy. I think he's gonna be the guy moving forward. He's an absolute monster. Um, but then you're going to rotate him the way that only Tampa knows how to do it with Nick Anderson and Diego Castilla. So like right. that back three is strong, right? It's yeah. strong. And, and there's no real reason to mess with it. Oliver Drake is a funky, weird looking guy, uh, does his thing. Brian Moran is belongs in Tampa Bay, just belongs there. Um, same with Ryan Thompson. So like you have all of this, but then you have that long list that I just went through. Like odds are Patino probably starts in triple a mckay is gonna start in triple a right so that leaves yeah you know, one one of waka well, fleming mcclanahan in the road in the, the bullpen honeywell's gonna start triple a to build up innings there's no way he starts in the pros both guys actually tie uh mckay and honeywell jr could end up il to start the year because they could move them to the 60 man and then that allows them to just you know, suppress. So yeah. that is possible because they are, uh, they did f- both finish last year injured um, and were able to be put on so they can do a retro date for them in spring training. So it is completely like sadly possible uh, that that happens. Tampa Bay is fascinating. Yeah. Like I don't want to have starters on Tampa Bay outside of glass now that I am banking on to be starters. And for, for glass now it's health related, whether he's going to give you 25 or not. And I traded him in di- in a dynasty league because I was afraid of that. And I am okay with that decision. But when I look at the bullpen, Pete Fairbanks, who legitimately was off everyone's radar in 30 team leagues where we have, we are sharks and we play amongst sharks. He was unowned in three 30 team leagues before the end of the 2020 season as as a dynasty guy he was picked up off waivers everywhere 
but then he went back onto waivers at the end of the season and was then picked up as a free agent or in the draft because he is still rookie eligible. So um, Fairbanks is flying under that radar. Tampa Bay will do that again, which is one of the reasons why when Nick was on uh, Nick Richards from baseball HQ, we were talking about uh, a, a Tampa Bay prospect that he had acquired. And I said, Oh, who is it? And John, Jonathan Doaxis, which is the guy he had, I immediately went past him thinking, well, people know about him. So Tampa Bay is all about the guys no one knows about. Who is it that he owns? And then when he said, I was like, oh, I was a little disappointed, hoping that Nick had somebody else. But that, then I thought about it afterwards. I thought, well, that's actually a good thing. Maybe maybe he's going to get bumped up. Like, you know, yep. whoever has a weird delivery, whoever gets high Ks and whoever has ground balls, those are the guys Tampa goes for. Well, so. And, and like, this is the crazy thing. Like, I would love Tampa to roll out a two or three man rotation. What? Think about it, right? You go two or three and then you run somewhere between 10 or 11 out of the pen. Why not? So here, here was my thing when I saw Rich Hill signed. This is what I thought. So tell me if you like or dislike this. Uh, Luis Patino starts and, and pitches to nine. He goes through the rotation once. That's Patino done. So whether that's two and a third or three innings, whatever it is, he gets through the rotation once. Rich Hill then comes in. So you've got your hard throwing righty and Patino. Big oak. You, no, what Big did we call him? Thundering oak. Thundering oak. You got thundering oak coming in. And then and then you have um, I don't know what you, we can call Rich Hill. He's old, but you have you have your finesse. <laughs> you have your finesse amazing movement you know beautiful pitcher come in after that and then you throw that wonky bullpen to just like hitters would be so off balance that whole game not knowing who they're going to face i feel like the patino rich hill getting you through six to seven innings would be amazing and so that's two guys like you had just said about having a huge bullpen that's two guys they could do the other way they can do it as well is they can take fleming and a McKay or a Honeywell when like whoever is healthier sooner, I would say it's Honeywell. You could take those two guys and do the exact same thing and say, you know, uh, Fleming, you can go first. It's, you know, lefty and that's going to screw up their lineup. And then we're going to boom, bring in Honeywell and just keep the party rolling. And I feel like that could be so confusing and Tampa Bay would be the only team that might actually do something like that. So I love the Rich Hill signing thinking, that he could end up getting 70 to hundred innings and not end up with like quality starts. So in a quality starts league, not excited about that, but he's old enough that you should not have been thinking about and the injury history. You should not have been thinking about Rich Hill as that guy. Anyway, Tampa Bay was, is 100% the team that you play against in a video game. And you're like, how are they in first place? Like, why are they in first place? <laughs> right. Like, no you, you just look at who this is on the roster and you have like Rich Hill at age 41 winning the Cy Young. And you're like, how is this happening? <laughs> right. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's completely that, but I really think that they might be up to something here. Like, I really think they're going to pull out something that everyone's talking about six man rotation. Why? Like, why not go the other way? Why not build all this depth? Like guys like Fleming, guys like Waka, guys like Archer, guys that can give you four or five innings regularly that will give you great innings for four or five, but maybe aren't six inning guys anymore. Um, I, I love that concept. Right? We see it in the minors. Why can that not be effective at the major league level? Uh, I hate every second of it because I'm a pitcher and I love the starter role. I just, I'm in love right. with the idea of the guy being the guy. Like, I like that. It's, it's a good storyline. However, 
Tampa's built the other way around. They're built to be weird. And uh, well, I, I kind of want to see it. I want to see it. Yeah, they've, they've won with it, and they've had success when they brought in the opener as a regular thing. Yeah. So you can't fault them anymore. It's and- just a matter of will they go so far to one end that it's no longer effective, or – are they going to find the sweet spot and just dominate? And I, and, I would trust them to dominate. And assuming that there's still some social distancing rules built into the bullpen, the bigger bullpen also pumps their attendance numbers. So double benefit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a burn that a time. Shot. Oh, That's a shot. My God. Yancey, <laughs> did you hear that? Did you hear that? Okay. So moving on to the Yankees, this one's far more settled. It's Chapman. It's Britain. Uh, then they've got the option with Luis Sessa, Michael King, who did really good things at that 60 man development camp ended up on the playoff roster, I believe in pitching. Uh, so he's a, he's, he originally to me, Ty was a possible SP five before they added all that injury depth. I still see him as a possible guy to get 70 plus innings at the major league level this year. And if it's not 70 plus innings, it could still be 30 appearances. It could be SB2 by the end of the season. Like well, the way that yeah, it's such a built. risky rotation. It is such a risky rotation. But my point being that Michael King, who was not a guy a year ago today, could certainly be a guy. Um, I I made a trade in our listener league. It was Airs Arena or Airs Zed, as I should just be calling him, um, for Alec Baum and Michael King. That was it. I made it simple. I was happy to get King. I was very happy to get Alec Baum. And the value of Arizona is fine to trade him away. I was okay with that deal because I think Michael King's got something. So you don't need to do what I just did, but I suggest you look into him in your leagues and see if he's kicking around on waiver wires or something like that. He's worth a shot. You don't win by getting all of the 16 and 17 year old J2 guys. And that's your whole draft, which I talked about in our listening league. Go back and listen to that episode if you want to know how you go superstar shopping. But if you want to win a championship, you go and get the Michael Kings of the world, and then you reap the benefits that they have. And you added Justin Wilson to the list, high. So what's the deal with Wilson? Well, they just need a they need a lefty out of the pen, right? Beyond the two guys that are hammering the back end, they need somebody that can come in the fifth or sixth. Like Justin Wilson is a is a previous Yankee, right? Before he bounced around on a couple teams. He was a good lefty for them. Um, He went to the Tigers, I think. uh, Who did they bring over? Uh, I don't know. Do you want me to look it up or? Yeah, which which makes me think about a guy that we definitely missed in Atlanta. um, Because it's the guy, I'm pretty sure it's the guy I'm thinking of. Oh, shoot. But um, this is a weird bullpen for me. Like, everybody talks about how strong it is. I'm not... I'm not against it. Like, I'm not saying it's bad. I just, I don't know that it's quite as strong as everybody wants to make it. Uh, we watched a lot of the Yankees last season. Um, he was, sorry, Ty, he was previously with the Mets. That's I thought where he Will came Wilson to the was. Yankees. I thought no, he was when there you said early, Atlanta, though. Oh. but early though, not last season. He spent the previous two seasons with the Mets. That's, no, 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 that's no, no, no. I'm not saying Justin Wilson went to the Braves. I'm saying uh, where he went from the Yankees to the Tigers. I thought there was a trade there because Justin Wilson went to the Yankees. Um, what are you talking about? Hold on. Like, Hold is, the phone. I was, is this like the Curtis Granderson deal? Like, Oh God, no. no he's not that old. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, he's not that old. He, uh, 
He was in Detroit. Nope. So yeah, you're right. He, he was a Yankee in 2015. Then he went to Detroit. So yeah, I, I'm I'm on to something here. Um, okay. Justin Wilson, Detroit. I'm reading it as I search here to kill yeah, that wow. airtime. Um, Just so so people know how on the ball we are when we are recording. Uh, Ty is just telling you who he's searching for to figure this out. Justin Wilson, journeyman, one, two, three, four, five, six different uh, rosters from Pittsburgh to the Yankees, Detroit, the Cubbies, the Mets, and now back uh, to the Yanks. But I mean, he was, he was traded for Chad green. That's who came back. But, but the other guy that I'm trying to think of was somebody that goes to the, Closed in Detroit and then it was in. Oh, Shane Green. That's the other one. Yeah. So I think Shane Green's a free agent right now. How? I think his contract was up. I I believe he's still a free agent. That shouldn't Um, be the case. He needs to be on a roster. Let me put the bow on Justin Wilson just for any of the six people that are still listening after we have stumbled through that part. Uh, Justin Wilson is a quality relief pitcher, 327 career ERA. He does only have. 18 saves and those came in 17 uh, with a pretty crappy Detroit team. Um, But if you want someone who can just pitch and not crush you, he's your guy. The, the K to nine is fine. You know, uh, 9.9 on the career. You like that. You, you like the fact that when, when you very quickly check out baseball reference for innings pitched in a season, you see in, you know, in 19, you got, you got 40 in 18, you got 50. Um, there's, you know, give me it's 39. It's 54. All right. And then in, in, you know, in 18, sorry, in 18, it was 54 In 17, it was 58 In 16, 58. You get the idea, right? It's 50 plus ish innings for the guy. So you're going to get some decent production. This is the last guy you put in your bullpen. This is not the guy you're going to, you know, hinge your bets on, but yeah. I, I don't mind that tie. I mean, I, I, I I'm don't not know excited exactly. about him. He's yeah. just a notable guy. Like I, I'm not touching him. Like I mean, if I'm going left here to the Yankee pen, there's two better there options. Two other options. Yeah, yeah they're just like going to cost a heck of a lot more. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, the guy. If I'm targeting anybody out of here, it's Johnny Lasagna um, as a value guy. Like that could be a seventh inning guy, right? Like <gasps> to go in tandem with Chad Green. Like Chad Green's obviously the seventh inning setup guy here. Um, Darren O'Day's there. Uh, Luis Sessa. Albert Abreu, like there's there's a long list of guys that could be the sixth inning three five oh guy. Um, Robbie looks like he's got somebody locked and loaded here. So uh, no, I so we're we're in a thirty team draft right now in a dynasty league, everybody, and this is pick eighty four that's going down right now. I am pick eighty five, and my queue has not been touched in a dozen picks. I I haven't had anybody leave my board. Uh, oh, sorry. It in six, I should say six picks. Jonathan, Jonathan class of Seattle. I had next in my queue. Um, and he, he got picked somewhere in the seventies in this league. And since then I have seen some ridiculous picks starting to come off the board. And I, I love when you have a universal draft because you can decide what you want to do beforehand. You're like, I'm going to, you know, boost my, my pitching. I, I want to get, the next wave of college hitters. I want to go J2, whatever it is you want to do. You can do it in a universal draft where you're picking pros and well, they're all pros where you're picking veterans and you're picking um, prospects. And I like, it's funny. I'm just looking at my queue right now, Ty. I only have, uh, let's see, 
they're all J2 guys. My the 11th guy in my queue is the first non J like, you know, J2, whether it was this year or previous years, the non J2 guys. And this is just because everyone is taking the names that they know. Drew Romo was picked in at pick 82. That's the catcher out of Colorado that was picked in the second round. He's 18. The guy that picked him does not know that he should not be picking him right there. Um, it, it's crazy looking at this draft. So that's, that's why I just, I'm looking because there's been a lot of relievers starting to come off the board. Thomas Hatch of the, of the Blue Jays was picked at pick 81 in this draft. And it looks like he's going to go back to AAA and be a starter. It's just craziness, craziness, Ty. That's all. So, okay, let's leave. Let's leave the Yankees. Let's go to Beantown. Um, we've got former Yankee Adam Adovino in competition with Matt Barnes for the closes. If I've got to put my money on one of those two guys to be better, it's Adam Adovino, 100 times out of 100. I think Adovino will have a better year than Barnes will. Matt Andrees is that like slippery dude who just gets a bunch of innings and does good things for you. Um, Garrett Whitlock was a rule five pick. So I've got eyes on him, uh, late round pickup guy. And then Darwinson Hernandez, he is still only 24. He is a lefty with stuff and he is probably the only guy in that bullpen right now with Boston that has an opportunity to get save hold opportunities without fail. I don't know another guy right now in that bullpen that I would pencil in uh, for seventh inning and beyond because he's the only lefty I see with any value with any, with, with the stuff. So it's a weird bullpen. It's, it's one of the reasons why Boston's a weird team. You know, they've got a lot of risk in other spots. Ottavino was an awesome pickup. Like the fact that, the Yankees were able to make a deal where they're like, can you just take this money, please? We need it off our books. And Boston was sure, you know, here, here we go. Um, it's such a steal for the Red Sox and it's going to end up hurting the Yankees because it's going to cost them a couple wins. I'm sure. But um, Ottavino, that's my pick here. I probably, probably not going to be able to pay, pay the pony as we get in, in further into March with them. And then Garrett Whitlock in my dynasty leagues, I'm looking at him to see what the Red Sox want to do with them. Red Sox suck at drafting. We know that the Red Sox suck at developing pitchers. We know that, but here's, here's a guy who's at the end of that development who just gets to be pro developed and the Yankees or sorry, the, the Red Sox have had success with those guys. Uh, talk to Rick Porcello, you know, Chris sales been able to do it until he was injured. But like, you know, they don't ruin guys. So anyway, uh, it's really boring to me. This bullpen sucks overall, but it's Ottavino, Whitlock, Hernandez. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Um, I, I really don't know if there's guys that jump off the page. Uh, you know, recent import, uh, Hirokazu Sawamura yes. is a guy that definitely needs to be mentioned. Um, Thank has you. Yes. pretty sparkling numbers in Japan um where he fits is going to be the interesting part as spring training goes on i'm not gonna lie i've watched a bunch of video because i was curious and i i don't see it i just don't it's a really weird delivery it comes out of a weird arm slot i i don't i don't see it like i think he's gonna eat him alive i would rather have just on first first take i now the one thing i will say is that the japanese camera angles are weird so getting a good look is hard um but the fastball it looked extremely flat based on the arm angle i would imagine there's a little tip to it but i, I just I feel like the jet like i feel like they have pretty good angles like you watch two girls one cup 
You could Jesus. see all that. Wow. No, I mean, I, I got nothing. Like, I just I can't even comment. Like, I don't even. I'm just I'm just rattled by that comment. Uh, okay, well, let's finish up the East I'm, in style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, I mean, if if you're if you're trying to make a hint that like just that the, the Boston bullpen's a crapshoot. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's definitely, there's definitely something to that. So I got uh, us there. Yeah. But yeah, let's move on because this bullpen is weird <laughs> and I, I don't know what to think of it. The only, the only guy that I'm going to mention off the board is um, uh, the Felton Durbin, Durbin Felton. Oh, I can never yeah. ever remember his name. Durbin he, Feltman. But you know what the problem is with him is that he's been hyped since drafting. Mm-hmm, I agree. He's been hyped since he was drafted because people were like, he's the next great thing. He's the next Kimbrel. He's, you know, and yeah, but, it just but hasn't happened. Means, so. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we're not going to post hype a guy who, who was hyped because of some Boston uh, fans who, you know, pushed him up and got him drafted in some dynasty. But great bullpen name though. It did, oh, there you go. Vanity metric. Boom. Great bullpen name. Okay. So Toronto it's Kirby Yates this year. He's just going to be the closer. Yeah. Jordan Romano has the mentality of a closer. So save hold leagues. It's Jordan Romano and Rafael Dolis. I put him one, one, you know, I want Romano to be the guy in the future. Gates got the one-year deal. Could be Romano after that. Dolis is in a two-year or on a two-year deal. Now we get that's it, right? Can we agree that's pretty straightforward, right? Those that's the back end of the bullpen. Some other things may happen, but but as we're looking today, that's that's your three-man closer out scenario. We'll move into what's really fascinating. This is the value part. Julian Merriweather who was the only piece that came back in the Donaldson trade. Correct, Ty? Yes. One for one. Yeah. <clears throat> He's 29 years old. Uh, there is certainly certainly disagreement amongst the two guys on this podcast as to whether he is a relief pitcher or a starter. The man who's talking now says he is a relief pitcher and a good one. Then you have Ryan Barucki, who has not been able to make it as a starter. Did you put in age 37, Ty, or did I just accidentally hit... Uh, three and seven, two. He's 27 years old. He's had some issues with health, but he seems to be happy in that bullpen. I think that's his best spot. Anthony Kay, who came over in the Stroman trade, who was thought of as a decent starting option now appears to be a long man out of the bullpen. That's, that's not necessarily going to happen, but that could happen. Francisco Lariano, non-roster invite. He could end up as the last man in that bullpen and I believe, Ty, you had talked before about the 23-year-old Cuban, Yosfer Zuluita. I believe you had mentioned him to me before. If not, there's a guy to get on your radar, everybody. Um, he, he is a righty Cuban fireballer, I believe is the correct term. So, Ty, this is, this is your team. This is our team um, that we follow the closest what do you want to say? And then I mean, we'll move out west. I have never heard of this as zucchini <gasps> really? until right now. So I'm I'm flabbergasted. Um that oh, I don't wow. know who this guy is. So good that's on you exciting. for finding me a new one. Uh that's tough to squeeze a J by me. Um I, I think two things. There's a zero percent chance that Liriano makes this roster. 
The bullpen really, I think he's got a shot. The bullpen is too deep. Um, it's just it's too good. There's too many options. Well, there's this taxi squad. There's all these like contingencies where I believe like teams can bring extra dudes on the road. Okay, I so think he can. I think let, he can. Let's agree on one simple thing: that Liriano very much could be a pitching coach and be on that taxi <laughs> squad. Right? That's there's okay. a possibility there. Like uh, that, I could see. That's he a can, different. He can outcome. be part of the team and not necessarily on the roster until injuries. Correct. Are but okay. But sure. A name that is for sure off of your radar that needs to be on your radar is Timothy Meza who is a better lefty version of what you get from Liriano. Now he's coming back from injury. So who knows where we start the season. There is a chance Liriano could be a placeholder until Meza is ready. But I think anybody. M-A-Z-A, we, Ty? Is that M-A-Y-Z-A. Yeah, M-A-Y-Z-A. M-A-Y-Z-A. So, for... But like this bullpen's deep. Like you've got Yates, Romano, Delise, Barucky, Phelps, Chatwood. Cole is also re-signed. Um, and then you've got a combination of Merriweather, Patrick Murphy, Zoic, K, Thornton, Hatch, Stripling, Rourke, Mats, right? Like, so there's no chance Liriano beats out any of those arms. Like, I'm sorry, it's just not, it's not happening. You are on, on the mute and um, K is going oh. down to the minors for sure. That's the one thing I will say with 100% certainty Anthony K will be in AAA to start this season. All I was going to say, Ty, was that I believe the names you just mentioned are basically the AAA rotation because that's what's going to be important to Toronto is the ability to throw 80 pitch guys out there when you have that weird, you know, time of the year when you like watching the struggle in that 60 game season last year for Toronto to get to the end and to get into the playoffs it was frustrating to think that they weren't going to deal with that issue with like seven or eight legitimate MLB starters. And they, they do have legitimate MLB starters, but on top of that, every year you have roughly 13 guys who I believe get multiple starts with an MLB team. And when you have a lot of injuries and a really crappy depth system, you can end up having 15 plus. And if that happens, you're not in the playoffs. So Toronto is trying to limit that. And that's a smart thing to do by having, you know, 10 to 12 options that they can have. And K is certainly applicable for the AAA to do that hatch as well. Um, so Zoic so as well. The reason I think K ends up in the minors to start for sure is because he's a little bit more prone to the fly ball. So we talked about in the last episode, the Dunedin aided fly balls with the wind. I think you're going to see the fly ball guys, Trent Thornton, same. I think both of them are, are automatically off the opening day roster because of a fly ball tendency. Okay. Um, so so they're not part of this episode for our purposes with correct. pitchers. So, so okay. the other guy that is going to change the, the nature of this bullpen um, that I think is actually going to start the season as a either taxi squad or, or officially in the rotation is TJ Zoic for the opposite reason is he keeps the ball on the ground as a sinker ball guy. And in the cold, in the early days of the season, I think you're going to see him, come out of the gate. I don't think he's going to stay there. I mean, unless he's elite, which he very well could be because he's been nothing but good from what we've seen from him. Yeah. Right. So first like, round pick yep. had a no hitter, I think in double a. Yep. So like, I, I really think this is a guy, like if you want to like have an early season flip TJ Zoic's your guy, go get him. I think he's going to end up on the opening day roster, whether it's bullpen or rotation. I think he's going to be there and then buy and flip. 
right? Like I don't okay. think he stays there, but but that's one thing. So that sets up the rotation because that means Hatch, K, Thornton, in all likelihood end up in the minors, right? That means Rourke, Stripling are battling for that fifth spot. I'm hoping Rourke gets traded. I think that's a very strong possibility in the spring <laughs> when somebody's arm explodes. Um, so Chatwin, I don't think that's going to happen, but I, yeah. I, I think it will. I, I really do. I think the Jays will eat a little bit money to get a lottery ticket um, I, I, just to get him away. Cause he was, a, he was a problem last season. He, he really was. He was a whiner. He wasn't good. And he just wanted to pitch and it's, it's not healthy. For a it's team true that when a player gets to the point that they say something to the media, that they're obviously fed up with the organization. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that because there's no way a professional athlete should be talking to the media and saying, I just want to go out there every fifth day and pitch. Then I don't want to be pulled early and I don't want to be told this. And I don't want to be told that the media unleashed hell on VR and Sportsnet Media specifically, which is the one in Canada that goes across the whole country and talks about the Jays and like the team, the team that or whatever, the company that owns the Jays is part and parcel with Sportsnet. Um, they said they had nothing good to say about VR as a teammate, as a guy to talk about in reporting, and it was okay to do that. You very seldomly ever hear them bash a player. And they were okay to do that, but they didn't do it with Roark, which I, I feel like is because there was a two-year contract. And I, I, I mean, to spend whatever his contract is, 10, 10 million this year to get a prospect sounds crazy, but we saw San Francisco do that with Will Wilson, yeah. where they ate uh, Zach Cozart's 14 million, I'm whatever it was with him. eat so. all the money, but like, I'm saying you could but send they'll do him, something. You, you could easily send him, heck, you could pair him with Thomas Hatch. And send them to Los Angeles for, you know, something, right? To the Angels. They need starting pitching, right? I think and, they have 18 guys. Yeah, they got 18 <laughs> guys that are garbage and could could be in San Francisco's bullpen. Well, um, let's go west then, Ty, because we're all, obviously it, it's too easy for us to just focus in on the Jays. Totally. I, the one thing I'll say is backwards. Chatwood has upside here. Phelps has safe bet. Brucky mentioned. And then Deleuze, Romano, Yates are a good back end. So the only other like crapshoot of a guy that could evolve is 6'5 righty Patrick Murphy. Just a guy to note, pay attention to. Don't buy him now, but pay attention to what happens in about May around Patrick Murphy. That's that's just an interesting target. So when AAA fires up and he is potentially closing out games for the Bison. So uh, now we're going to move to the West. We're going to go to the... Uh, Houston trash cans who were under 500 last year and made it to the ALCS. Yep. So just so you know how I feel, uh, Josh James is a 28 year old failed starter. He's in the bullpen. I think that could be a spot. Uh, Ryan Presley looks like he's poised to get first crack at closing in Paredes, the 25 year old righty has some solid stuff and looks like he could be in the mix at the back end of the pen and Pedro Baez, 32-year-old veteran, kicking around, doing his thing. If you are um, filling out your dynasty bullpen, Baez is probably going to be the guy in this list that's available. Presley is going to get some weird, you know, elevated status. Josh James, people for some reason still think he's like 24, 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's something to take note of. He's going to play this year as a 28 year old. So sell him if you own him because it's over. And if it comes to the bullpen, you don't need to hold on to a guy for this long just to get bullpen time out of them. Uh, it's, it, it's a really boring, you know, this was a boring one to go through to try to find guys. So I'm looking forward to the spring training to hopefully create a few new names for me, Ty. Um, what are your thoughts on there's on there's two teams? guys in this bullpen that I like um, with a third honorable mention. Brooks really is a guy that has elite exit velo, right? So it's just hard to square him up. He's going to have games where he gives up leaders because he's not over like a dominant powerhouse type reliever, but he's, he's that throwback lefty with just a really good hook um, and, and gets away with it. So Brooks Raley is a guy that I think could stumble into a bunch of holds because this team's still good. Like people are under the assumption that their window's closed and that's just not true. Um, the, the other two, Andrew Scrubs, a guy that I, I'd like as a guy to emerge this year, 6'4", 270. Like this is a big boy. Uh, he, he thick. <laughs> um, so that's, that's a guy that I'm, I'm intrigued by. Um, and then the honorable mention is going to go to Blake Taylor, who I think eventually could be a notable guy um, for the Astros. Keep in mind, uh, Ryan Stanek, Steve Ciszek are both here in Houston. That bullpen really could be very good um, given some bounce backs. You know, Steve Ciszek is always a guy that people are like, oh, Steve Ciszek, he can't be good anymore. Da, 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 da. And he just runs out there and he continues to get the job done. So uh, I think we talked about him a bit last year too, Ty. We were just referencing the fact that uh, as with the Cubs, I think he's mm-hmm. just one of those, one of those forgotten soldiers. Like yeah. you want to just throw somebody in and forget about him for the year. You know, if, if you're in a salary league, you can get him at league minimum. If, if it's a waiver wire issue, you've got, say you've got Ken Giles and he goes on your IL, you put him on your IL and you pick up yeah. a guy like that. And then you just, you don't worry about it. You know, yeah, he's going to, he's going to just tow the line. Austin Pruitt is there a starter turned reliever, right? Like there's all kinds of things in this bullpen of value. Like I, I think you, you mentioned the word boring. I think it's, it's boring because they have so many options. Like this, this one for me is a diff, like a spin rate version of the Tampa Bay bullpen. So okay, that's interesting. Like that's, that's kind of what they do. They, well, they, they, Houston was the originator, right? Correct. So yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to move to the Oakland athletics and I am going to crack the beer tie that sat outside for a week. It, it is thaw. There we go. I cracked it flat. Uh, no, it, it did. It made the noise. It made the noise. So uh, I'm just waiting. Like it didn't freeze up or anything. It's been inside for a while. Cause we've been recording two episodes tonight. So anyway, Oakland is as follows newly signed Trevor Rosenthal. We're for sure going to Donnie Brook on this bullpen. Just saying. I'm looking forward to it. I, I put him there on purpose. And for those of you who do not know, I'm about to say his name. Not right now. Sergio Romo, who was also recently signed. Adam Kalerik, who was recently traded. Jake Diekman, who previous to these extra signings and trades was the guy. AJ Puck, who is just a scrub, former prospect, can't get his life together. Going to be out of the bullpen guy. James Caprillion who got a little taste last year and is more than likely going to go there because that's where Oakland's going to need the value. And then rule, excuse me, rule five pick Danny uh, Jimenez, who's got some great stuff, certainly has command issues. Um, that's it, Ty. So you've got Rosenthal, Ramon, 
Romo, sorry, Rosenthal Romano. Why did I just say Romano again? Rosenthal Romo at the end of the bullpen. I think Kolarik's going to give some good value. He was dynamite with the Dodgers last year. Deekman, another lefty, is going to get the higher leverage spots, but that's that's totally fine. Um, puck is just a big bag of, of pucks, hockey pucks. Uh, James Caprillion could be a little bit of a flyer, and then uh, Jimenez is a rule five guy flyer. So I'm not wrong on puck. Tell me about any of the other guys. I mean, I mean, you, you are going to be wrong, and I look forward to that day. <laughs> because I'm going to fly planes with banners around your house. Wow. Um, just, you can have a nice pucking day. We are not far from a Waterloo, the Waterloo International Airport. So you could certainly make that happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. But, um, you know, Romo's just the guy like that just has one pitch and gets away with it. Like, I yeah. mean, how people still swing at this pitch knowing it's coming is beyond me. I, I, I think he's the only guy from his draft class left in MLB. Ooh, that'd be a fun question. I think it's 2000. I think he was drafted in 05, and I'm pretty sure he's the last guy from his class still playing Major League Baseball, as crazy as that sounds. So sorry, Ty. I mean, there's I cut gotta you off, be but, somebody that's older than him, though, right? I don't. I don't think there is from that class. I mean, Nelson Cruz is older, but Nelson Cruz is not from that draft class. It doesn't yeah. mean that there aren't others. He's 38. I believe Cruz is 40, but I mean, you know, college, whatever, but that's, that's it. So um, if you're going to focus on that, I'm going to move on to the next bullpen, which is super shallow. Yeah, no, I mean, the only guy here that I, I just, I'm going to give some love to. I've always been a Jake Diekman guy. I just like the stuff passes the eye test traded from Texas and he's been good. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was good in Texas too, though. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't mean it was, sorry. He's, he's just, good guy i forget what he did last season he added a pitch whether it was the change slider hook something he added something i believe Um, it was the strike (laughs) he just just hit that white plate with the black border yeah just Uh, did that thing (laughs) no it was an off-speed pitch of some sort that he had tweaked uh, whether it was a grip change or something, I can't remember, but you know, that seems to be the, the new trend in Oakland. Like come to Oakland, we'll teach you a new thing. Right. And, uh, Frankie Montez had that experience. And then he also learned about drugs. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> hey. but at the same, I mean, if he I, now has COVID also, not that fair, that's an Oakland thing, but to be fair, what we know about Oakland is that's the spot to get drugs. So, um, there's a, there's a, there's a correlation there to some extent, but, uh, this bullpen, I, I think the one thing we can say about any Oakland bullpen is that you think it's going to be shit, but it's guaranteed to be good. Yeah. They just find a way, right. They, yeah. they, they get it done. So, okay. So the next one is super shallow. Like, ridiculously shallow we need to see what happens from it <clears throat> it's the angels Russell iglesias is closing games um mike mayers was really good last year that's it <laughs> everyone else had crappy point per game totals crappy ratios or horrible eras so there there are two guys it's the shallowest bullpen in fantasy baseball today and that's why Iglesias trade is great. Myers was really good last year. There will be value in this bullpen, but I honestly, when, when looking, I didn't see 
any names that stood out to me as obvious ones right now. So that means we got to get into spring training. We got to see where the roles are going to go. We got to listen to who's going to be seventh inning, who's going to be eighth inning type guys, who are the lefties they like, and this will develop. So when we do the team by team breakdown, we've got work to do with LA, but at this point in time, it, it's so shallow. And it, I mean, the next team we go to isn't any better, but it's definitely shallow. I don't think it's awful though. Right. Like they've got buttery. They've got, it's just like, for fantasy. T- yeah. Yeah. I agree You're not that. getting it in fantasy. That's it's not, issue. it's not a lead. Like none of these guys are lead. And I mean, I think that's, we mentioned off the top of this episode, like I think there's an evolution in the bullpen. Like you're looking for sustainability in your bullpen this season, right? Like, I think that's the thing you, you like, I think the, um, the correlation between saves and strikeouts, which is traditionally what bullpens have been about um, in a short sample is what people have looked for. But I think it's shifting. Like I think the guys that are getting you five outs like a potential Patrick Sandoval here out of the bullpen. Hey, he's a starter. No, he's not. He is not. He just isn't. You guys uh, pick you, him up. He's a starter. No. If you think he's a starter over AJ Puck, then we are going to throw down different organizations. Yeah. But point, <laughs> point here is, is that you've got buttery who, you know, again, not elite, but good enough to get the job done. Alex Claudio had an elite exit velocity, right? So like move him into the, the heavy air. We saw Bundy benefit from it last season um, or two seasons ago. Uh, this, this is a scenario. Was it just last year? I can't even remember. Yeah, it was last year. It's all started last year. It's all he, he started hot had some like complete games and like looked amazing. Yeah. Um, but I, my, my thing with this though, Ty is it's, it's the same with Texas. When we get in Texas only has three guys, it's hard at this moment to say, get them. Like, I don't want to put the dinger stamp on players that I fear have no fantasy value. And we, we go as far as saying, if you're in a 30 team league, and have five bullpen guys and maybe a bench spot. And we can't come up with a third legitimate guy that could have fantasy value. That tells us that that organization has to have hidden gems. Yeah. Cause they're there, right? Yeah. Like no, otherwise they would go and sign the Francisco Lariano's of the world. So they're looking within and we're just going to have to really do our work in spring training to find them to tell you when we break down the angels, who you do need to go and get in that bullpen yeah. or who you need to at least have your eyes on as the season comes around. It just gets hard right now when we're looking. Yeah. There, there's guys like we'll, we'll touch in it in the deeper episode, but yeah, the, there's guys here that I've, I've seen that I, I will be notable this season. So Texas, as previously mentioned, has three Brett DeGoose, former Dodger, I believe 23 year old righty a rule five pick. That's why you're watching him. You want to see what Texas is going to do with him. Then it's two guys. It's Jonathan Hernandez, 24-year-old righty, and Jose LeClerc, 27-year-old righty. Chris Woodward, as we were joking earlier today on Twitter with um, one of the dudes from uh, Fantasy and Frames. I'm going to I'm gonna look it up. <clears throat> but a relief pitcher-based podcast, which, yes, it's out there. Um, they were discussing the fact that they think Jose LeClerc gets a bump. And I said, well, I think Chris Woodward is going to spread the love around because that's what happened when his career in order for him to get the 1700 at bats or so that he had was that he had managers who were like, everybody gets an at bat. And then Chris Woodward got at bats because he didn't exceed, I think, 340 at bats in any pro season. 
and not that he was terrible, but what I'm getting at is the fact that Texas is not trying to win this year. Texas is trying to see what they have. So a 27 year old Jose Leclerc, if he's good, he's going to be traded most likely. Um, Jonathan Hernandez is 24. They don't need to know if he's the next best thing. They don't need to put him in when they have the game on the line. They're going to put him in when they think it's right for him to go in. So he might not look good on paper because he gets put in, in weird spots, not getting safe hold opportunities. That's the issue. Brett DeGoss, they're going to press. They could return him in spring training, right? We, we saw Patrick Bailey with the Orioles get returned. He was a rule five pick last year. He got returned in spring training to Houston. Not Patrick then, Bailey. Sorry. I'm sorry. Not Patrick Bailey. Brandon, uh, Bailey. Brand, Brandon Bailey. Sorry, Ty. Thanks. Um, Patrick Bailey, of course, drafted with San Francisco, but Brendan Bailey got returned from Baltimore in spring training before everything got shut down, which we said, I bet if they could do that all over again, they would have kept him. Then he ends up getting traded to Cincinnati, where Ty had mentioned in the last episode, have an eye out for him. That's why we talk about the Rule 5 draft. That's why we do it. In a 30-team league, it's a Brett DeGoss value on a two-week streak that he might be on that you can flip in trade to get someone that helps you longer term gets you a pick, gets you something, gets you value, which is what you need in fantasy. So Texas is another, let's see what happens with them organization. We need to know what's going on, but they're not, they're, they're like the Pittsburgh of the, of the AL West, you know? <laughs> really? See, I don't feel that way. I feel like they're going to win a sneaky number of games. Really? Oh, okay. yeah. I, I actually really like what they've done this off season. Like with the exception of Nate Lowe, who I'm just not in on, um, you know, Solak's going to be ready. Hopefully this season right. To take a little bit of a step forward. So you look at that, you look at the addition of crush Davis, David Dahl, um, you know, they, they, they have some depth. It's that just they didn't... so many rebounds. That's all correct. Yeah. Like I, and, and I'm just, I'm willing to bet on these guys a little bit because there's some good players here. So when you look at this bullpen, there's some interesting guys. There's a guy I love in this organization. That's a little further away. I stole him in the rule five draft in our, our real money auction or real money league. Uh, Alex speed is a guy that I'm a huge fan of. He's a little bit further away. I don't know that we're going to see him this season. Um, but just a guy on, on the horizon out of this bullpen. I'm with you on Leclerc. I, I, he is destined for, I don't know, let's say St. Louis or, you know, a team in, in the NL that's in contention. Um, I, I just, I think that's a foregone conclusion. I don't see why Texas would hold on to Leclerc at this point. You, you, they're not going to compete for a world series. Uh, I, that's not going to happen. I, I could see them in a wild card race, honestly, really? as, as oh, wow. the surprise AL team um, that nobody sees coming. Like that team that gets out to an early run and then falls off in the back half of the season. Like that's, that's what I see Texas potentially being. Um, okay. So there's enough here. Like there is talent. Like it's, it's like you've got Leone Tavares, like you've got Dahl, you've got, there, there's enough here to win games. It's just a matter of whether things go the right way. All right. So Nate Markham at Nate Markham on Twitter. If you are listening, because you were the one who was saying to us that on your podcast, um, perfectly framed, perfect one, why framed on Twitter, uh, you were saying, that you wanted to know what our thoughts were because you were giving them, you were giving them a bump. Uh, that's not how we feel. We, we feel like Leclerc's going to get the opportunity to get traded, not the opportunity to show us what's going on. So, so when we're um, saying a bump, we're saying like, you just think he's going to get more saves. Like he's going to be more than the closer. Like I, what, what's the bump entail? 
so typically what a bump would be is if you're not sure about a guy being a closer or not, you would bump him to say, no, 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 he is the guy. Yeah, because so, like so a bump his in role... Texas, like the Josh Hamilton days are done. Oh, like, oh that... we're past that. That cuts deep. <laughs> I mean, that's, that that's deep, deep fantasy deep. hurt right there. Ouch. Okay, so, all right. So, we've got through 29 teams tonight, Ty. It's two podcasts, yes. 29 teams are through. We're on to the last one, and I think it's fascinating. And you know what I did, Ty? I I left it to the Mariners because that's hmm. what I want to do. Sucka. Um, I gave you the option to pick where we went and you said, let's go to the middle. And then I took us East now we're West. So Ken Giles, I really have a choice here. Just, just to clarify. You did. This is like that magician thing, the, you know, where you're like, you put the options in front of somebody and then you like move it around a bit. They think that their odds have gotten better, but really they just got worse. Anyway. So Ken Giles signed a two-year deal. Ken Giles, we will talk about in 2022, but he's there. Andres Munoz returning from Tommy John. He got, camp time i believe in the fall but he's still listed as being on the 60-day dl they're gonna slow play munoz because it's it's the right thing to do for them rafael montero looks like he's gonna get the opportunity to close and then they've got Kenyon middleton who came over in a trade with the angels who just doesn't really have that profile to do it like montero does with his texas-based profile but you've got the fun and games of kendall graveman Kane, everybody last year in spring training, then getting hurt and then Seattle bringing him back in. I think Graveman's going to screw with ratios. And I think Graveman's going to be a decent points league relief pitcher. And then Nick uh, Marjavicious, who was with Seattle, sorry, with San Diego in 19, came out of nowhere, started while I was doing a first year or not a first year, while I was doing a prospect draft, I found out in the morning that he was going to start that night. I was on the board in the draft, picked him, put him in my lineup and he had a decent start. I was like, well, that's cool. And I followed him since, but he ended up not having, you know, there wasn't room for him in San Diego as they started to compete. He got moved to Seattle and bumped around. Good. Right. That's exactly. Well, he's not, he's not flashy. Right. And then Juan Then T H E N reports out of the fall camp were great. I just picked him up in our dynasty league draft that I referenced earlier. Ty, I got on the clock. Boom. Got me some more Seattle guys. Um, guy throws in the upper nineties has good control. I think it's two pitches though. So I think, I believe it's fastball slider, which, you know, that's relief pitcher. Um, Would you say it's fastball thin slider? <laughs> you Sorry. got me that one time. With that. <laughs> so anyway, one thing, everybody, T-H-E-N, go look for him in your dynasty leagues. Uh, it looks, I think when I looked on um, uh, fan graphs, he was listed at being at A, which is perfect because that means nobody's looking at him. But because we've just told you this information, you can go and get him in your draft. I took him inside the top 100 in this universal draft because I know there are sharks in this league like Ty. There are guys who are going to specialize and there are Mariner fans. And when you know you're dealing with fans of teams and the beat writers have talked about them, you have to have that in your mind frame. So I, anyway, I took him early. I think there's a chance for him later in the year to come in and make more of an impact. I wouldn't draft him, but dynasty wise, I'm looking at him and he is unowned in another 30 team league that I'm in Ty. So he's on my board for next year's draft because it already happened for this year. And my queue was set up for, the Philip Irvins, um, the Brian O'Grady's, you know, those types of bench. Yeah, your back makes me vomit. So, thank you. 
I appreciate that. That is a compliment because <laughs> the cue that makes one man vomit makes another man money. Yeah, it works. <laughs> like, it, it frustrates me to to so many degrees. I can't even explain it, but it, it does work. So I will give you that. Um, but the guy that I, I'm, if you want a flyer in this bullpen, and I mean, this is a flyer. Give it to uh, us. Eric Swanson is a guy that has some arm talent. Um, but just can't put it together. Like just can't find the path forward. This is going to be his last shot in Seattle, like this spring. He's either going to get there or they're going to move on from him and he's going to fall way down into the depth fodder category. Um, so, so that's a guy that I think I'm looking for to make a big jump in the spring here because I think he has to and, and he has to know that. Right. Like this is not something he is like, Oh, cool. I got like five years to figure this out. Like he knows he's on the clock. So that's why I like those guys. I like watching those breakout models on these because this was a a guy that was supposed to be relevant um, for a long time. Never ended up being that starter converted reliever. This is going to be his first real full season with a crack at that bullpen spot. So I'm watching, not overly optimistic yet, but a guy that I think could break out this season. I think that's a fair pick because Seattle's the team that sucks with the bullpen and DePoto is the former relief pitcher turned GM who needs to prove to me that he understands how the MLB bullpen's got to work. Because that's the only... Well, the rotation's got enough pieces to, excuse me, at least get, at least get rolling. We'll get there. We'll get there. But I I like it. That's 30 teams. We just went through. Get off of Seattle now, Ty. Don't you attack them? Cause you told me to stop talking about it. Yeah. But their rotation looks like your, your cue. It just makes me vomit. (laughs) But if the results, I mean, it looks like it actually looks like a bakery with all the powder puffs in there. Like just a bunch of pie throwers. You are really Paxton it on tonight. So we have outdone ourselves with puns and we hope we have given enough information to you that you can make some good informed decisions in your dynasty leagues. And when you are interested in redraft, when you're interested in what's going on in season, join us on Twitter at dingers pod Sunday nights. When we do the fab uh, live stream, that is where we live and breathe in season. What, what does FAB stand for? Just for, for the amateurs out there. Free agent auction bucks. So depending on your format, you may be given $250, um, $1,000. I don't know what else you could be given that you have to spend in season on your waivers. So you can maybe get guys for free. You can maybe get guys for 50%. You can maybe get guys for, for $1. We will talk about all those things and let you know if there are bullpen arms that are good, if, you know, if somebody's got a plasma injection, we are looking for those things because we don't follow the fantasy baseball analysts of the world for their fan, fantasy baseball analytics that they throw to us. We follow beat writers. We follow guys who are with the teams. We follow all of the people who can give us the information that we can turn around and pass on to you. So if you don't want to do all that work yourself, just stick with us. Find us on yeah. Twitter at Dingers Pod. Find Ty at Turney Boss. Find me at Robbie Baseball One. We will help you be better. I guarantee you. Ooh, that is a Robbie guarantee. That is what's up. But great spot to leave it. Send Robbie some love. Until next time, it's been Tyler and Rob on.
Dingers. This is Dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go. 